Thank you, Josh, for leading us in those anthems of praise. Praise remembering all the way from birth to his exaltation at the very right hand on the throne of God. What a great, great session of praise that was. Well, I'm thankful for all the kids that are here with us this morning. Like we said earlier, this is a special morning for us just to be able to share some special thoughts with all of our kids. Let me begin by telling you something. I love stories. Anybody else here love stories? Anybody love stories? You love stories? What are, what are the stories you like? Can you think of a story you like? I heard one. What? Story about... Mystery stories. Yeah, I like those type of stories. Fairy tale stories. Anybody else have a story? Story? Harry Potter, there's all kinds of stories out there, and we love these stories. And I know you all have stories that you love. You know, for me, my favorite, and, and when you think about it, some of those stories are fantasy. Some of those things are like fairy tales that we talked about. But some stories are very, very true. And I think that some of the true stories are some of the best stories of all. For, for me, I think the story about the birth of Jesus is the best story of all the stories that I can think of. And it's a true story, and it's an amazing story, and it's a story that we find right here in God's Word, in the Bible. Let me sort of, I, I know you probably know a lot about this story, but let me tell it to you again, and let's enjoy this story together, okay? You remember it was a dark, dark night, and there were some shepherds, and they were out in the fields, and they were watching over their sheep, trying to keep them safe, and trying to protect all of them from anything bad that might happen to them. But then, all of a sudden, out of all of the darkness, there appeared this angel of the Lord, and this angel of the Lord stood right in front of these shepherds. And not only was the angel there, but then all of a sudden this bright light, the, the Bible calls it the glory of the Lord, started shining all around them. And at that moment, instead of being, oh, that's cool, they were very afraid. I mean, think about it, how big and how bright and amazing that must have been for them in their human eyes. But they were afraid. And then, in that moment of fear, the angel looked at them and said, Do not be afraid, because I bring good news of great joy that is for all the people. He let them know that this wasn't a moment to be afraid of, but this was a moment that was going to be a great blessing to all people. And he said, you need to go to Jerusalem, or to Bethlehem, and when you go there, you're going to find this baby. And he's going to be a sign that this is true. And he's going to be wrapped in, in cloth. And he's going to be in, in what's called a manger, this place where they feed animals. And there you're going to see them. 
And that was all pretty amazing. But just at that moment, as those words were spoken, it wasn't just one angel, but all of a sudden it says in the Bible that this great host, or this a whole lot of heavenly hosts began to praise God. And it said they began to praise God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, with whom he, that is God, is pleased. What an incredible sight that must have been. What an incredible sound in their ears that must have been. Praise to God and this baby that had been born who would be the Savior of the world. He said back early on as he was talking, he said, For today in the town of David, a Savior is born, Christ the Lord. They were so excited to hear that good news that they left and they went to Bethlehem. And it was true. They found Mary, they found Joseph, and they found this baby called Jesus. It's interesting that this story about Jesus is all about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. Jesus, this whole centerpiece of this story talks all about Jesus. But the interesting thing is, is that when Jesus grew up, you know what? He loved telling stories. It wasn't just about his story. He loved telling other stories as well. Sometimes they're called parables. And sometimes they were simply stories. He told stories about all kinds of things. But one of my favorite stories is a story about a sheep that got lost. Chris is going to tell you that story about this sheep that got lost. You know, I love animals. Do you guys love animals? Yeah, okay, I'm curious. Does anybody here have a pet? Okay, anybody here have two pets? Anybody here have more than two pets? That's scary, that's scary. The story we're going to talk about is about a man who had a hundred pets. A hundred. He had a hundred sheep, and they were like family to him. I mean, he really loved them. And we know he loved them because in the story, what happens is one of the sheep gets lost. Now, I want you to imagine if one of your pets got lost, what would you do? You go find him, right? You go find him. But if you had 100 pets, there might be some people would say, well, if you have 100 pets, you wouldn't go looking for one, right? But he said, I love every single pet. I'm going to go after this one sheep that was lost. So he chases after that one lost sheep. And he goes and he looks in valleys and he looks in mountainsides. He goes all over and finally he finds that one lost sheep that he had lost. And he takes it and he holds it, he hugs it, and then he puts it over his shoulders because that's how you lovingly carry a sheep. You wouldn't do that to a cat or a goldfish. But you would do that for a sheep. So he takes the sheep and he puts it over his shoulder and he begins to walk home. And when he gets home, you'll never guess what happens. He throws a party with the family because he says, I got my pet back. I'm so happy I missed the one lost sheep. Now, I want you to know this. 
The point of the story is to tell us this, that God loves every single one of us. We are so important. Everyone is important to God. The 99 that were kept were important, but the one that was lost was important too. Bill's going to tell us a little bit about how important people are to God. Bill? As sad as this is, there are times when some peop- someone or some people act like other people are not important. That's sad, isn't that? And that happens sometimes when a boy or girl will say something really, really mean to another boy and girl. And you know what that's saying? They're saying that that person is not important. Or how about this? If a boy or girl won't share their toys, you know what that's saying? That's saying that that person is not important. Or how about this? If a boy or girl will not let somebody play with them, what they're saying is that person is not important. Or, and this makes me sad too, is is that if somebody won't talk to somebody because they look different from them, what they're saying is, is that they're not important. You see, sometimes some people could act like other people are not important. But you know what this story tells us, like Chris just said? This story tells us that everyone is important, right? Everyone is important. And because everyone's important, guess what we do? We show them that they're important because we are kind to everyone, right? We're kind to everyone. And not only are we kind to everyone, we help them. We help them when they're hurting or they're sad. And because everyone's important, you know what we do? We share our stuff with them, right? And because everyone's important, you know what we do? We let them play with us, right? Do you know what? Every year, one of the best things we get to do at this church is we get to give you guys a present. And guess what? This year... We're going to give you another present. And you know why we're going to do that? Why? I'm glad you asked why. Because you and 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 you you and 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 all of you are, guess what? You're special and you're important. Right. You're all important to us. And so we're going to give you a present. And guess what? Monty is going to explain what that present is. But now comes the good part. You get to come up and get your gift right now. All right, come on. All right, there you go. Welcome.
Did everybody come up? Come on now. Okay. As you look in these bags, there's some goodies in here. That's true. There's some candy canes in there. But there's some neat stuff in there. I think so. I like. One is there's this, this band, this Lego band. It has a place for you to snap on all of your Legos, or maybe not all of them, but some of them. And you can build certain things with them. So I hope you got one of those. But also, what's inside is these really cool glasses. I'll show you how cool they are. You see, are you cool? Look, that is your color, Bill. That is your color. Chris, that is very cool. And, and these are Lego glasses. And do we need a selfie here yeah, or somebody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's scary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, so, these glasses have places to snap Legos on them, and also you can take them off of your bracelet and put it on here and take these off and store them here. So, that's really cool, and I hope you, uh, hope you enjoy that. But there's something else about these glasses that is really the coolest thing of all. Now, I want you to all put them on. Okay, everybody put on your glasses Okay, everybody put on your glasses, and what happens, and what happens, you just had to have one, I know, I saw you back there going, I got to get some glasses. Everybody got your glasses on? Okay, now here's what these glasses do. When you wear these glasses, everyone you can see with your glasses on are important. You can't see any unimportant people, you can only see important people. So stand up, look around. Look around and tell me what you see. What do you see? Do you, huh? You see everybody is important, right? You can see everybody is important. Well, that's the message that we want to share, not just with our children, but with every one of us this morning, that everyone is important. And I know that these glasses really aren't magic, and they really don't say, uh, help you to see that, but the fact is, you can see it everywhere you go, and everyone you meet, that they're important, and need to be treated as important, like Bill talked to us about earlier. You know, it dawns on me, That our children, our children really don't need these glasses. You see, our children, in their eyes, in their hearts, they already see. They already understand that everyone's important. But you know, something happens. As we start growing up and we stop being children, something happens to 
people's eyes. And, and they get a little dim and they get a little distorted over time and through experiences. And all of a sudden, they stop seeing the fact that everyone is important. I don't know why that happens. I don't know how that happens. I just know in so many ways it happens. The eyes of our world through time, they start changing. And, and people start losing their value in the sight of other people. You see, their eyes for some have grown prejudiced. What happens is their eyes see difference and they see uniqueness in people as being a bad thing, as, as, as being something to be made fun of or criticized or, or hated for. They, they can't find the way of showing goodwill to all people, but instead they can only see the way to hurt and harm others. Eyes can grow prejudice. But sometimes eyes grow cold. There are those in our world that their eyes always are out there trying to find a way to devalue other people. Oftentimes they cast what I call judgmental glares of other people. Judging them and criticizing them and, and seeing the difficulties in their lives that they're going through and, and seeing them as people having those problems because of their own faults. And, they, and they've just made some bad mistakes, Josh. And, 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 and they chose and made some bad decisions. And, and they really kind of deserve what's going on in their lives. Some people grow up and their eyes grow to be bitter these eyes can't see the way of forgiveness. They just, they just can't find that pathway to forgive others. Instead, their eyes are too focused on unfairness and the wrongs that people have done to them in their lives. And as they focus on that unfairness and they focus on, on, on that mistreatment, it goes from their eyes to their hearts and it sours. It sours their very heart toward others. And sometimes as we grow and as people change, their eyes grow hopeless. It's just easier for them, and, and their tendency is seeing people that have made mistakes and seeing people that are caught in, in bad things or people who are caught in addictions or people who are trapped in all kinds of worth, uh, worldliness, they just look at them and they see it as being hopeless. They look at people in those situations and they just say, well, they just can never change. They'll just never get better. And then they just write them off. These are just a few of the things that happen to people as they grow up. A few of the things that happen to eyes. But every one of them and so many more have the same problem. Every one of them is incapable of seeing that everyone, everyone 
is important. And the truth is, there are no special glasses to fix it. There are no special glasses to heal those kinds of eyes. But let me tell you, the good news is that Jesus can. Jesus can heal those eyes. Jesus can, can help and enable us and others to see just like Jesus sees. And, and I want you to think about this, adults. I, I want you to, 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 to hear and to see how, how important this vision of Jesus is. You see, Jesus sees everything. And, and even though he saw in us every sin that we ever committed or ever would commit, and, and even though he, he, he saw our uh, unrighteousness and he saw our rebellion and, and he saw our, uh, our, our ungodliness, even though he saw all of those things, he looked beyond our faults and he saw our need. He saw that someone needed to come looking for us. And someone needed to rescue us. Even though all of our mistakes, Jesus saw that we were so important. That we were important enough for him to leave the very glory of heaven and come to this earth and put on the lowliness of flesh and blood. He saw that we were important enough to walk along this world in human clothing and in human uh, image and to endure the persecution and the mistreatment of others. He saw that we were so important that he needed to come down here and walk with us and show us how we could walk in and live in the Father's love. He, he saw every one of us, in spite of all of our sins and all of our mistakes, as important enough to take and put across our shoulders, Chris. Put across our shoulders, his shoulders, our sins. And to become not just the shepherd of the sheep, but the very Lamb of God who gave his life on the cross. We were so important that he would do all of this for us. And the truth is, it's only through Jesus' eyes that we can see the importance of everyone else. If we're just looking with our human eyes, we have those prejudices and we have, have that coldness and we have that bitterness and, and we have those hopeless thoughts and we see other people and we diminish their value and we distance ourselves or we mistreat them or, or we speak unkindly of them or we just, worst of all, pretend like they don't even exist. But you see, it's through the eyes of Jesus that he can show us the truth. He can bring clarity and light into those eyes. And that comes, as we know, by listening to his teaching. And, and when we listen to Jesus talk and we take what he's saying uh, to heart, 
It, it is the power that opens everyone's eyes to the divinely created value that every human soul on the face of this earth has. And that value is that they were loved by God and we need to treat them accordingly. No matter who they are. Oh, that all the world would have the eyes of Jesus. Eyes of peace and not prejudice. Where we stop seeing our differences as reasons to devalue one another, but we see that each person has one overriding virtue. In the midst of all of our mistakes, in the midst of all of our faults, we have this one overriding virtue. And that is we are all the children of God, created by the very hand of God, and that God loves each one of us. Oh, that we would have eyes that, that have compassion and mercy and not coldness. Eyes that, that I believe look first at others to feel the pain that sin in this world has brought into their lives. And then look secondly as a way that we can reach out and touch them with good and with kindness like Christ. Oh, that the world would have eyes of forgiveness, not bitterness. Eyes that see those who have mistreated us as, just, as being just as prone to making mistakes as we are prone to making mistakes and hurting other people as well. Their eyes that are seeking and looking for the pathway to peace, pathway to finding forgiveness, remembering that we too have been forgiven. We've been forgiven much, haven't we? And then finally, eyes. Oh, that we could have eyes of Jesus, the eyes of hope, and not hopelessness. That as we look at others, we, like Jesus, don't give up too quickly on people. We see their hurts. We see their challenges. And we always hope. We hope for redemption. We hope for healing. We hope for salvation. We hope for their victory over what it is that hurts their souls. It's these kinds of eyes and others that can see what God sees that everyone is so very important. You know, that story of the lost sheep, that's your story. That's my story. We all got ourselves lost. But Jesus thought we were important enough to come, to live, and to die for each one of us. Oh, may we have the same eyes.
to see others as just that important as well. While we stand and while we sing.